When you're developing your international business, one thing is often forgotten, cultural differences. The Culture Matters International Business Podcast does exactly that. Focus on international business and cultural differences. Chris and Peter guide you through the maze of business and cultural differences in every podcast episode. Get the global perspective here at the Culture Matters International Business Podcast. Hi there, and welcome to this episode of the Culture Matters Podcast, videocast and webinar. Today, we are going to talk about democracy and cultural diversity. My name is Chris Smith. And I'm Peter van der Lende. This is our podcast number 163. Uh, you can subscribe uh, to this podcast. Where can you subscribe, Chris? Well, you can describe, subscribe to the podcast uh, pretty much on every uh, every channel that's available, which is Stitcher, Spotify, even iTunes, of course. And um, you can watch the video on YouTube, which is freely available. The topic of today will be democracy and cultural diversity. So let's 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 talk about this. And what we'll do is we'll dive deeper into the reasons why democracy is not a world universal thing. Welcome here from uh, Paris and Peter on the other side. You're from? I'm in Atlanta here uh, and uh, it's, uh, it's, it's an interesting topic. Uh, it hits, of course, the uh, um, cultural dimensions that we always talk about. And I think uh, one of the interesting uh, topics that we discussed uh, uh, when we were uh, tossing this idea around is uh, of course uh, voting and voting is it mandatory is it is it is it mandatory is it is, is it a voluntary thing and and how does it fit in different societies uh, but i think you you wanted to start with this quote from churchill which i think a lot of people are familiar with but it's worthwhile maybe mentioning it one more time sure so the question here is first let's establish what is democracy and this yeah. is this quote from winston churchill i don't know exactly from what year it was but apparently it's been um, uh, attributed to him. It's been said that democracy is the worst form of government except for all the others that have been tried. So many other uh, forms of leadership and guidance have been tried, uh, like a guided economy, which you have seen in, uh, which we're still seeing in, in China, uh, semi-democracies, which we see in Russia. Uh, if you actually want to call that a democracy, we'll talk about that in a, in. Um, in a moment, and you had a story, something about this in um, uh, in Venezuela, right? Yeah, well, it's a famous phrase, and uh, and I think it's uh, it uh, it hits a a, a nerve. It, it makes a point uh, today, uh, especially today. Why why we? I think everybody believes and feels that uh, it's getting more polarized. Uh, now we have uh, Russia and the Ukraine, and and you, you see uh, significant uh, protests and and uh, people are pe people being set up against each other. Also in the United States, where I am, you see a little bit of that in Europe as well. Uh, of course, so this this quote becomes again more relevant. And uh, yeah, I remember from my days in in Latin America, specifically in Venezuela. Uh, where I was when uh, Hugo Chavez was uh, uh, elected. And at the time, Venezuela was the longest standing democracy in, in Latin America, I believe. And so they were proud of their 40, 50 years history of, of democracy. And, but they still believed that the country was not uh, performing well as an economy. It didn't have the right distribution of wealth. 
there was too much poverty. Uh, it was too, there was too much uh, corruption. The oil industry was not well managed, etc. So they said, what we need really in our country, in our culture, is a mano dura, a hard hand, a strong man. And that's mm-hmm. when uh, everybody started to vote for uh, Hugo Chavez. And, uh, of course, the democracy went out the door. And worse, this was in 98, 99. Uh, and so we're now in 2022. And the Chavez regime, not Chavez himself, but the regime is still in place. And people left the country uh, in big numbers. So it is that also was not a success. So the point being is, I guess maybe you, you, you can tie it back to the, uh, to the dimension, Chris. Like everybody believes that it should be going into another direction, specifically in countries where there is more of a collectivistic uh, uh, culture. And then when that happens, uh, that doesn't work. So now we're back at square one, et cetera. So it swings back and forth. Uh, I think you, you, you mentioned uh, earlier also that, that that's exactly what's happening in Russia as well. And, and you, you were referencing an article in The Economist. What, what, what was yeah, that the about? Economist. Indeed, last week the Economist wrote about as this thing is going on. By the way, the recording uh, is in May 2022 here um, uh, of what you're looking at and what you're hearing. Is the this this war is still going on in Ukraine and Russia, Ukraine? I must say. And then the the Economist wrote an article about the fact that indeed uh, Putin, Vladimir Putin, was uh, welcomed in Russia as the the head of state because of of the fact that the country was sort of off the map. And um, they, so they needed, again, a mano duro, a strong hand uh, to a tough hand to put Russia back on the map. And I think by all means, he did that. But from a democracy standpoint, that's not really, that's not really, that's not really possible, I say. If I look at it from a theoretical standpoint, from and looking at those dimensions that you mentioned earlier, Peter, is that individualism is the key driver behind democracy. So in other words, it is one man, one vote. And of course, in, in countries like Russia and like China and like Venezuela, you have that one man and that one vote. What tends to happen in those countries is, is that you vote for your tribe. You don't necessarily vote for what you think is right. And that's, that is, gets in the way of a true democracy as we consider it. And we, the Western countries, the Western world, including Australia, New Zealand, and the US and Western Europe, um, consider that as being, uh, the, the democracy. Um, so my question to you is here in this context, um, in the US, because you're in, in the United States, is voting mandatory or is it a right to do? It is definitely a right. Uh, it's not mandatory. I've been, in, I have lived in countries and been to countries where it was literally mandatory. Uh, I think uh, you have a couple of examples as well. I think in a couple of Latin American countries, it's actually mandatory. Uh, I believe in Peru and some other countries as well. Maybe Argentina, I forgot. But in the United States, it's definitely a right. Uh, the United States, of course, is a country where individualism is, is, is uh, very strong. Uh, so the rights uh, are very uh, the, the 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 emotion ar- uh, around rights is very strong. So we have the right to vote, and people are very vocal about it. But at the same time, uh, it has a very uh, low um, uh, what do you call it? Uh, people who actually uh, actually vote is a very low percentage. Uh, but it it is it is it is a right, uh, and uh, of course. Um, it is also very polarized in the United States. So you have two parties and you have the extreme 
corners of these parties and they become more vocal and so the silent majorities are somewhere in the middle and people are checking out sometimes of the of the system and 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 and, and prefer not even prefer not even prefer not to vote even uh, to get mm-hmm. out of this uh, this uh, emotional environment uh, uh, is it uh, mandatory in belgium and uh, i know in the netherlands where we are originally both from it is not mandatory but is it mandatory mm-hmm. in belgium well like, as you said in the netherlands it's not mandatory in belgium voting is mandatory which is funny yeah. in a way because it's the only sunday and voting voting is always always happens on a sunday it's the only sunday when actually something happens in in belgium because everybody has to be out on the street um to get to get out and to vote um in france it's not mandatory i'll i'll talk about that and this this fact that voting is mandatory or whether it's a right links to a dimension called hierarchy the first of the primary dimensions and so i got this I, I've been living in Belgium for 15 years, and I, I received this um, invitation to vote for um, municipality elections. And I live, and because I'm a Dutchman, I cannot vote for the Belgian Parliament because I'm a Dutchman. I can't vote for the Dutch Parliament, but why would I? Because I don't live there. I have no, I have no stakes in the Netherlands anymore. So I figured, yeah, well, I am into voting. I like that. So at least you know, my con, my personal concept is when you vote, at least you have a say. Uh, if you don't vote, you, you have nothing to complain about either because you had a chance and then you didn't take that. So, okay, so I opted in for voting. So I said, yes, tick, I want to vote. So I got my um, my election uh, document, whatever. This It was and municipality and for the European Parliament. <coughs> Excuse me, Your because palace, I am a uh, European course. citizen. Yeah, and I got these pieces of paper, filled them in, voted, uh, and that was it. And then a couple of years later, I got the same invitation to go vote for the municipality. And it said, vote, voting is mandatory. If not, you will be fined. Um, and I thought, well, that's not what I want. I'm a Dutchman. I want to decide for myself whether I want to vote, right? Low hierarchy, yeah. high individualism, typical Dutch culture. So I called the municipality and I said, listen, I'm a Dutchman. I want to be out of this system. I do not want to vote. Of course, in Belgium, what you can do is do a blank vote. Um, but the, the fact that you have to come, that's mandatory. Now, I'll give you a, a, a challenge here. How, how much do you think the fine is if you do not go and vote? If, you, in other words, stay home, what do you think the fine is in Belgium? What would it give be? Give me a number. I have no idea. Uh... I'm thinking about the Belgians and the Dutch. Uh, they are don't. They can be pretty s- strong when it comes to fines, but they are also pretty ch- cheap, <laughs> uh, if you want to call it that. So I'm going to say it's going to be fifty euros. Fifty euros. It's exactly twelve euros. Twelve euros. Okay. And so, so, in, and so, in Belgium, the, the concept is: is that what is it? Ninety-three or ninety-seven percent actually goes out and vote, and uh, and of course, the administrative work around issuing an eleven or twelve uh, euro fine is way more than you know actually collecting the money. So usually, no, no action is actually being taken. So it's a, it's kind of a funny a funny situation there. Getting back to, and this is a quick point I want to make because it links in with democracy. We would consider the Netherlands and Belgium and France as Western democracies, right? We're talking here about democracies yeah. and cultural diversity. Now, in the Netherlands, voting is a right. In Belgium, it's mandatory. In France, voting is also a right. So you have the right to vote. However, the big difference is 
that the head of state in the Netherlands is the king, but he has no role. He has a, a, a he has a, a how do you call that? Um, uh, he, he cuts ribbons and stuff like that. There's there's there, he doesn't have a political role at least. However, if you look at the last elections in in France, Emmanuel Macron for the second time uh, since Jacques Chirac was elected two times in a row. Um, he's there for another five years. And the interesting thing in France is, and this is in the French constitution, a democratic Western constitution, it actually says for the time that the president is in office, he is impunable. In other words, he is above the law. So whatever whatever Macron does, he, he cannot screw it up. So whatever he does is fine. Uh, only afterwards, and there is no exception, I think there's no exception to this rule, afterwards all French ex-presidents are being prosecuted for some sort of corruption. Um, and, and Sarkozy is one of the last. Um, François Hollande, I don't really know because I don't think he was of any importance in um, in this country at all. But let's see what Macron is uh, is going to do. So that's the interesting thing about um, about democracy. Individualism makes a real de democracy. Uh, talking about and taking it back all the way to India, which has a score of 48 on this um, score, this dimension of individualism. So you would call this, a, a could call this a democracy, the biggest democracy in the world, 1.3 billion people. Um, but then again, it's in, in, in certain countries like France, uh, the president is above the law. In Belgium, all countries scoring high on this hierarchy dimension. In Belgium, you have to vote, which is, it's a rule. In a country like Thailand, for instance, it's also mandatory to vote. And like you mentioned in, in certain Latin American countries, it's also mandatory to vote. So it's, it, it's an interesting concept when you talk about um, democracy and hierarchy, because you could... I couldn't. I can hear people think about corruption and democracy, but they're not linked, really. Democracy is a concept is of individualism, and and corruption is a concept uh, of hierarchy. High high scoring countries in hierarchy tend to be more corrupt than low scoring countries. It seems to be more rooted in their um, in their culture. Peter. Yeah. So hierarchy is definitely a, a uh, an. Um... And uh, the dimension that impacts that or, or influences that or causes that. Uh, the one that I always like to mention also is predictability, uh, that we call predictability, or some people call it uncertainty avoidance, because that has to do with uh, bureaucracy. So the, the, the cultures of the United States, of course, as we all know, it is like just do it, right? So whether, whether there are rules or regulations around it, just do it. And then if it doesn't work, so the trial and error, if you will, the trial and error cu culture. In other cultures, uh, including Latin America, it's more about uh, let's let's come up with the rules and regulations first, and if it doesn't work, more rules and regulations. And the more rules and regulations you have, uh, the more corruption is is enabled because you have more rules and regulations to play with. So I saw that in Mexico also when I was in Mexico. There was a new rule: you cannot dr drive with your phone, which is of course a good rule. It's not about that, but suddenly, of course, the police will stop you and and uh, I will try to get something from you. I think the point we want to drive uh, home here, Chris, is that uh, somehow in the Western world, uh, we believe, as also as Westerners, uh, that uh, democracy is the best, uh, the best approach to manage a country. Uh, this is also expressed by Churchill, who says it's, it's the worst system, but it's, at the same time, it's better than all the others. 
And at the same time, we're also in the Western world trying to enforce or, 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 or force the democratic uh, approach on others, even though some of these other cultures are more collectivistic and say we need a mano dura, we need a strong hand, uh, democracy as you know it is not working for us, yet uh, we still push this as the best option. So I guess uh, what the interesting conversation to have is like, should others uh, push their ideas and ideology on others? Uh, even though uh, the results of a of a of a dictatorship can be very uh, very bad for the the people in that society, right? So, where 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 is the fine line of not messing with other cultures and not messing with other countries uh, in this environment? What what is what is your thought on that? Well, we've seen it recently, you know, in in um, what happened in uh, like take Afghanistan. Um, and take Iraq. Uh, there's a, there's some sort of Western obsession when it comes to spreading democracy around the world, and and that's a and and what we tend to forget is it's a it's a it's a Western obsession, and spreading democracy in Afghanistan. The Russians tried it in the 80s. We're now in in the 2020s, 40 years later, and um, women and girls still are not allowed to go to school, and they have to cover their face completely. So there is no, it just, it's, it, it's not going to happen. If you're interested in reading more about this, there's an article on our website, culturematters.com. Uh, just search for the, the term democracy and you'll find an article that, that covers this subject also from a, from a different angle. And if you think about it, the Western world, if you look at, there, there are two big Western institutions. One is the United Nations, uh, which actually was started, was a, was a, a Western, institution originally a western in institution that actually started to get, take shape right after world war um or during world war one um before world war one even by woodrow wilson the president of the united states at that time and um he tried to put this this into place that didn't turn out uh there was no backbone even the europeans the united the us and the brit the brits uh, wanted to negotiate with hitler before in 1939 that didn't work out during the world war ii it's it's it was on his on his on his bum if you want nothing really moved and then the League of Nations was started, which turned out the um, the uh, United Nations. And mind you, a country like China, a collectivistic country like China, even a, a dictatorial dictatorial country like like China, only joined the United Nations in the nineteen seventies. So fundamentally, the United Nations is a Western concept. The concept of the individual rights of a human being is a Western concept. Many collectivistic countries don't have this thing about, about my rights. No, I belong to my tribe and my tribe has these rights. So that's a collect, yeah. much more of a collectivistic thing. And when we look at, at, um, the EU or Europe or the European Union, if you want, was initially a club in 1951. Six countries founded this European coal and steel community 
which later in 1957 um, turned out or turned into the EEC, the European Economic Community. And only a few countries, Belgium, Germany, France, Italy, Luxembourg and the Netherlands were part of that. And all these countries would, I think, Peter, we would consider being Western democracies. And I'm emphasizing here the word Western um, because there are also there's Indian democracy. There seems to be a form of Russian democracy, which which we do not agree with. So we think that our Western democracies are so superior to other kinds of government or governance. Um, but that's, it is, it is only a, a Western viewpoint. And hence, again, we're talking about cultural differences. Over to you. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's, it, it, it's difficult to just say, well, just this is my view. This is the Western view and we should not mess with other countries. I don't think that's the point we're making. The, the point we're making is that it, that's, it, that that is in fact happening and the result of that is not always positive because we are trying to export something from a Western perspective that not doesn't necessarily fit that culture. Whether you are, you agree, that doesn't mean that we or me, I think you will agree, agree with a dictatorship in Iraq, for example. It means Saddam Hussein was a bad guy. I mean, he did horrible things, uh, but the reason that he was there was probably one of the reasons is it's a very collectivistic uh, society. There were many ethnic groups that were not necessarily uh, uh, in agreement uh, within the country that is, of, of course, artificially uh, drawn on a map to begin with. Uh, and as a result, uh, there was a dictator who managed everything, of course, bad guy, as I, as I said, but... Uh, eventually, of course, uh, we, we, the Western world, try to uh, turn this into a democracy, and I don't believe it's still working today. Another thing that ca just came up in my mind is the uh, the whole Corona COVID uh, situation, right? I mean, you're talking about Western world individualism. We have our rights. This is what we want. We want democracy. We we make decisions for ourselves. Uh, we don't need anybody to tell us what to do. Uh, I can vote for a government. The government will tell me to a certain extent what to do. But I have my individual rights and my opinion about that. So COVID came uh, came in 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 uh, in uh, in 2019-2020. And what what did we see in many individualistic countries? Significant protests. People are actually uh, rioting in the streets in in the Netherlands, in the United States, and other countries. I don't think that was happening in Russia. I don't think there was rioting in China. And I don't think there was rioting in collectivistic countries in, in, in Latin America, right? I don't think so either, indeed. So, hence you see, indeed, the, 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 the big player in when we talk about democracy in the Western, the Western point, of view, point of view is individualism. All right. So, we've been talking now for about 22 minutes on this um, podcast, videocast. Um, webinar. Um, so it's all available online. Uh, if you want to know more, you can go to culturematters.com. Um, make sure if you um, are a fan of what we're doing, that you like us on YouTube, uh, on our YouTube channel, so you get all the latest updates. Um, and if you're listening to this in the podcast, on the podcast, then make sure if it's an iTunes, put a five-star uh, rating and or like us there, because then it will become more available for other people. 
All right, Peter, I thank you for your contribution and we'll be back soon with then again another topic about culture and cultural differences. Thank you. Overlooking cultural differences when you're developing your business internationally can be the biggest mistake you can make. Let Chris and Peter help you avoid those mistakes. Get in touch now. Go to culturematters.com.